comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hey everybody and welcome to the Walking Dead TV Podcast. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined this week by Richard Chubtoad Shelton and Aaron Newworth. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Craving fried dog. <laughs> you spice it just right, man. That's some good eating. I was hoping Jim was going to be on so that we could ask him what his best dog recipes are, but... We'll just have to table that one for now, but, you know, what's, yeah. you know, re- <laughs> readers, feel like, or readers, everyone reads this podcast, right? It's a reading podcast. Uh, listeners, feel free to, like, message Jim on the on the Facebook page, you know, let us, let him know that he we want to know how to best cook dog. Really, like, a top ten listicle of his favorite recipes? Sounds good. And if listeners haven't already figured it out, I should apologize now for my voice. I'm getting over a nasty cold, and my voice has still not fully repaired. But we shall press on, just like the characters in tonight's or last night's episode. Doing it. So, this week on The Walking Dead, episode 510, the episode was entitled, Them. Two guest actors on this episode, of course, we had Tyler James Williams as Noah, and then showing up at the end, we had Russ Marquand as Aaron. Aaron, were you upset that you didn't get the call? I, I'm, I'm still... A little annoyed that I wasn't chosen for some other characters. I mean, there's there's a lot of specifically Rosita. Rosita, yeah. I, I feel like I could have made a good Abraham if I really bulked up and grew a mustache. But whatever. I mean, the show does what it does. Actually, just never put that together. There's now an Abe and an Aaron on the show. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty darn cool. If they can only have a movie discussion at some point, who knows, right? <laughs> well, let's get into the plot. Of the, well, before we get into the plot of the episode, you know, after last week's very divisive episode, which, uh, Rich, we never got to hear what your thoughts on it. So what did you think of last week's episode? I liked it. I just, it just, it it didn't wow me like I was expecting it to. It just kind of moved along and just kept repeating itself throughout the entire episode. It was cool that they did this whole artistic approach. I just think that they wasted some time on the death of a character that I was quite frankly happy to see go, which is sad because he's one of my favorite characters in the comics, but he never became the character. And we would get these teases that Tyrese was going to become the comic Tyrese in a way. There'd be like this moment where it's like, okay, it's fixing to switch the badass on and then his cycle syncs up with Maggie and them, and he just he's just a wuss, you know? I understand he has his morals he lives by, his code, you know, of, you know, he doesn't want to kill or whatever, but, you know, 
this ain't the world for that, which is the whole point of why he needed to go, because he isn't made for this world. But I'm just upset that we never got to see the Tyrese that I was hoping to see. Well, for the most part, this week's episode was much more of a return to standard Walking Dead, maybe a bit slower and stranger than the average episode, at least towards the end. But uh, this one was much more normal, I would say, right? Until the Close Encounters moment starts up. This episode, it's the first time something's happened on The Walking Dead ever, for me anyway, and that is I fell asleep watching the episode. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to assume in the first half. I, I I literally, I fell asleep, I woke up, for, I mean, I, I fell asleep like for two seconds, you know, wasn't any, and I'm like, when are they getting to the point? I mean, I understood through the whole thing, the whole telegraphing of they've reached their their wits end you know they're not you know the future is uncertain they're all sad about the people they've lost and all these other things but there was nothing really said or portrayed through that entire episode up until we meet Aaron uh that we didn't already know as 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 watchers and readers and whatnot. We we know they're in despair. We know they're on their last leg. We know that you know times are tough. We know that you know they keep losing people left and right. Did we need an entire episode of watching them shuffle about like the Walking Dead themselves? And that's another thing. And I know we had that moment in the comic where Rick actually refers to them as the Walking Dead, which is much different than it is here. Which is much different, but the other problem I have there is that's just like when you're watching a movie and somebody says the title of the movie in some soliloquy they're given or something like that. It's like, come on, really? That, to me, is one of the cheesiest things you can do. Well, the funny thing is right after that, then Daryl does say the title of the episode and it came off as much less cheesy. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I don't know. I just, to me, it was... This was probably the worst episode of The Walking Dead that I've seen yet in five seasons. Uh, I just felt... I, I think you have a very short memory, sir. What do you mean? I, I mean, if you think back to the farmhouse and some, and, you know, some of those episodes in the middle, prefer, like season one... I would prefer some of the season two, you know, where is Sophie, let's, let's all hang out on old McDonald's farm. I, I would prefer that over what happened in this episode, which is really nothing... I mean, this episode, there was no new revelation. The only thing that was mildly interesting was suddenly this water appeared from nowhere, and then when we meet Aaron that, at That's end, called rain. I'm talking about the water in the road from a friend. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I, I, I really was disappointed with this episode. I really thought, you know, at least they're getting a little artsy with things last week, you know, um, while I felt that they could have done that a lot better than they did as far as wrapping up that part of Tyrese um, his storyline you know I thought well at least they're trying to do something different and this was just I, I felt like we had no plot to this other than wow we're aimlessly wandering the road eating worms and dog I mean I would um to jump in, I would go just last season to find the worst episodes of the series because, you know, everyone knows that I'm not a fan of uh, bearded governor walking around lazy bones doing whatever he wants to right. and then encountering people. I'd have no real care for any of that. But as far as this episode goes, my 
and I, I like this episode overall. I, I, it's not like a top episode of Walking Dead, but it's still a fine episode, I think, given who we're focused on and the uh, and what we have to deal with. The problem is it's very it, it's covered ground that we've covered a lot before, but it's also exactly. hard to not ha- it's also it's hard to not have an episode like this because people did die and people have to deal with that. And as much and I thought we were kind of going to get past that last week when we had a time jump ahead of the whole Beth death into let's go on a trip to Noah's old town. But here we are now where we have to deal with both deaths that took place in recent episodes. And Well, all three. What's the third? What am I not thinking of? Bob Stuckey. We, we already dealt with Bob. <laughs> Sasha lost her brother. That's who she's feeling about now. <laughs> but, um, but sure, yes, people died. And so this is the episode that really kind of closes off the whole, hey, people died and people were feeling bad about it. And... Yeah, it's hard. It's I mean, it's hard to skip past that. That's the issue. That's the issue I find myself with. And I, I guess I mean, the only thing I can really say is I just wish the script was better. I mean, that's and that's a constant thing that I said about the show. But if I'm going to deal with the same exact thing again, I'm happy that I got to deal with, you know, Daryl does his thing because Daryl's good at what he does. And Lauren Cohen, she hasn't been but given much to do But does he need to be super season. emo now, though? Does he have to be so un-Daryl? Daryl's been super emo the entire series. That's, not that's like standing Daryl. Not like this, though. <laughs> well, shall we get into the actual plot synopsis of the episode, gentlemen? Yeah, sure. Well, there there would need to be a plot to synopsis. Well, Wikipedia has a whole section on it, so okay. I'm going to go with them. So, as we've already said, the group's still dealing with the losses of Beth, uh, Tyrese, and, uh, and Bob. And they're making their way towards D.C. The trip has not gone very well from them. They're about 60 miles out from D.C. at this point, if I recall the episode correctly. Um, But their vehicles have all broken down. They have no water. They have no food left. And they are all exhausted. I believe it's I think they're 60 miles like away from Atlanta or something like that. They're not that far. They're not that close to D.C. No, they're 60 miles from D.C. Because last week Michonne said it's only 100 more miles. Let's let's go ahead and go. Eugene might have ha, have had a good idea out of his lie. I'm so confused by the geography then of the show based on last week's episode. They they were 500 miles away from Atlanta. All of them? As of last week, they were 500 miles okay. away from where, when, where they had started. I don't know exactly how far. Well, I guess they were coming from the hospital. So yeah, from Atlanta, and now then they were 100 miles away from DC. And at least according to I forget if it was Sasha or Maggie who said it, they were 60 miles outside of uh, DC at this point. Didn't uh, Noah mention at one point the episode before that hey, his community was like not too far outside of Richmond, not Richmond, but uh, yeah, Richmond. It was definitely in Virginia. For sure. So you're, you're not going to be that far away. Well, from I'm just this. saying, if if they're in the Richmond area, that's about a hundred miles from DC. So this is definitely the thing I don't want to focus on because it matters so little. Right. But right I do. Right. I just. You're I, an amateur car cartographer, aren't you, Aaron? Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to brag about it. I'm also, you know, I had a minor in underwater basket weaving, but I don't get into that. Too I mean, often. clearly the blue part here is land. But the the. Uh... <laughs> Thank you, Buster. <laughs> but the. Um... Hey, brother. The. the... The things I'm focusing on are both – I have no idea what the miles in between each state is on the East Coast because I'm a West Coaster. But at the same time, all I remember distinctly seeing the South Carolina sign last week in the episode, too. So I just, I, I just, I'm so confused by where everybody is, I guess. <laughs> Although everyone was bitching and moaning about last season when everyone was on the train tracks to, to Terminus, and I had no problem with that. So whatever. I don't know what to say. Well, it's not so much the wandering – 
it's I mean there could have been some moments that because there were some good moments good scenes in this episode I oh there were some really good moments I just strung along by a lot of nothing that there needed to be more a little more action I mean yeah we don't want the Walking Dead to always be action 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 but break it up a little bit I mean first of all well we'll get into it go ahead and start Jordan is there more action this week than last week I'm trying to think. <laughs> Uh, I would argue yes. I guess it's, not, I it's, definitely not, as, more it's not as stylish, I guess, as last week's episode, because that had the slow motion scene and stuff like right. that. Right. Well, this had an alien abduction, yeah. kind of. <laughs> so, uh, on the road, uh, one of the first things that happens is Carl gives Maggie a music box he found, which doesn't work, but he thought of her for some reason. I, I don't remember if that's a callback to something. I can't remember any particular ballerina or music box uh, references with Maggie, but maybe music, Beth, maybe that's the connection. Kids do the darndest things. <laughs> and uh, Father Gabriel tries to console Maggie with some religious talk. You understand religion, because she, she, her dad was, you know, very religious, and they kind of... He tries to bond with her on that, and she shuts him down very quickly. An understatement. He was very religious. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, she shuts him down very quickly and tells him off because he, you know, abandoned his flock and left, locked them out of the church. So she, he doesn't get to come back from that in her eyes, at least at this point. And uh, they're being followed by... You know, a decent sized group of walkers down the road and they just keep pushing on because they're exhausted and don't want to have to deal with them. Um, Sasha wants to take them out, but Michonne advises her not to, saying, hey, Tyrese did the same thing after Karen died and he almost died. So bad plan. And she retorts that she's not like her brother, although, as we'll see in this episode, she definitely has some similarities to her brother in how she handles her grief. It would have been nice to see some hammer time from Sasha. <laughs> So uh, Rick orchestrates a plan to eliminate the walkers by throwing them off the end of a bridge, kind of down the embankment, which I thought was a very cool plan, actually. Actually, um, this was plan. one of my first problems with this okay. episode. Okay. There's a point at, somewhere in the episode where Maggie opens the trunk and there's that walker in there. That's then, after this, I think. Right, yeah, sure. right, right. But my point is, is that, and there's been many times on this show that... They've just killed off zombies to put them out of their misery, even though we don't know the the you know exactly how conscious a zombie is, but uh, or cognizant of what's going on around them. Yeah. But you know the the whole point is is they kill them. The other part of this is it gives me the whole Uncle Ben Peter Parker letting the guy run out and then he kills Uncle Ben type thing. Every walker that you have a chance to off. And don't is a walker that could eventually come back to bite you. Wait, so where's the problem? Where are we getting to? So it, instead, let's line up in, in these ways and we'll just take turns making them go off the edge of this bridge. I just, to me, I don't just kill them. I mean, it wasn't like they were like super fast or anything. It wouldn't have been that much work had they done that. Instead, they're doing, they're exhausting. Well, it it clearly was that much work. But look at what Sasha interrupting the whole the plan they had of just casually dispatching them led to near deaths for almost all of the characters. I mean, Rick almost got bit in the arm because of they had to deal with the swarm right. of zombies coming after him. But had they used that same strategy they were using, and then as they lured them to the side, actually, you know, stab them in the back of the head or something like that, and then let them fall off the side, you've taken care of the problem, and that problem's not going to return. Yeah, but you're delving it now. You're delving into like logic of the world, where the episode's not about that. It's about getting some themes across and having cinematic purpose. And I mean, yes, yeah, kill every walker you can if you want. But I mean, the episode's trying to emphasize 
hey, these guys are really tired, and this is how they have to deal with this, and then someone upsets that balance, and they have to deal with it a different way. I mean, it, 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 it defies what the script's trying to do to put it to inject logic of we need to kill zombies every step of the way in order to appease the idea of zombies need to go away. I mean, it, Well, it's, I'm it's not saying every script, step right? of the way, but if you're going to put in the effort to do away with these zombies to get them off of your case, why not do it the right way? Well, well, I have two two rebuttals to this, Rich. Okay. One, they're at such the end of the ropes in terms of just calories alone. Just sidestepping and letting a zombie fall to its death is way less calories, way less expended energy, expended water, and all that kind of stuff than taking the time to use the muscles to stab them through the head or try to and maybe fail and then you're screwed. So they're... You know, those calories they save by not doing that could literally be the difference between life and death. But beyond that, I mean, we don't really see the bottom of the embankment, but I, the impression I was getting was that if those zombies weren't completely killed by falling down that ravine, they were at least broken enough to the point that they weren't going to be coming back. They're immobilized. Yes, exactly. All right, I, I might give you that, but as far as the expending of the calories, doing the musical zombies thing expends calories too i don't know but barely i, and, and I, I mean much it's less a dumb point to argue i mean i understand you know i just to me i just couldn't understand how that was more more sensical of a plan than just you know luring them one at a time and and chopping their head off i don't when, know well, I when, was... when michonne says she's tired i'm pretty sure the rest of the group is also tired <laughs> well i'll give you that yeah <laughs> i mean if, she, if michonne's not taking out taking out the sword to take off zombie heads Everybody else is way more tired than her. So like Rich already said, uh, Sasha breaks rank and starts uh, taking out zombies Tyrese style. And uh, this causes everything to kind of fall apart and a bunch of people almost die, including Rick. Um, but they get the situation back under control and Michonne uh, chews out Sasha for her recklessness. And again, warns her, you don't want to end up like your brother. You get even a quick, and I know, like, because people want to nitpick or whatnot, you get a quick, like, Sasha, like, accidentally cuts Abraham in the midst of her, like, slaughter. And, you know, people were like, what, what she, he get, he get get infected now because he got hit by her sword that's covered, or her knife that's covered in little zombie guts and whatnot. I think it was more just Abraham's like, hey, don't, you know, don't cut me, please. That kind of reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, bro, don't tase me. (laughs) Tis but a flesh wound. As they continue along down the road, uh, Maggie's investigating a car, and this is where, uh, like Rich also pointed out, she finds a bound and gag zombie in a trunk. And uh, Glenn eventually comes along and uh, helps her kill it because it reminds her of Beth. It's clearly intended to. It's a blonde, uh, slight-framed female. And I think it's pretty clear that this was, again, like we kind of mentioned a bunch of times last week, probably was not a zombie when it was put in that trunk, which is really messed up. I think there's there's multiple ways to take that. I think one one is something very horrible happened that has nothing to do with zombies whatsoever and someone was kidnapped or someone was just bit and they given the early stages of the zombie plague taking place, they didn't know what to do beyond just like, well, we could, we should keep her, but let's put her in the trunk. So she didn't hurt anybody. Like, I don't like sentimentality of not wanting to let go of this person, but still knowing wise enough to not, you know, want it to be in the car with you. I I just think there's multiple ways to read it. Uh, Fair enough, I guess, but that's still pretty messed up. (laughs) Well, it's messed up. Yeah, go, go. Sorry. I'll say what I want is I'd like to see Greg Nicotero do a six part webisode series this summer of the story of how she got in that trunk. That would be cool. It's amazing. I mean, honestly, there are probably some pretty cool stories that could be told about that. 
I think there's a lot of stories about a lot of things that we encounter in this world. I mean, that's why that's that's part of what intrigues me about a spinoff because we've even though it's not going to necessarily interact involve the stuff that we've been dealing with with you know season eight, the prime prime Walking Dead season series. There are other things where you could delve into that more. Like you know, we talked last week. I think we referenced the whole um, when the governor was walking around and he saw like those signs that said those had those words on them. I mean, you, you can do a whole webisode series about just that scene, or you can do a webisode series about yeah, how this person got in the trunk, or how random people wind up in certain situations. There's a lot. I mean, that's what the early ones were. I mean, that's that's what they those were. They were they connected to the series prime in their right. own way. So I mean, yeah, it's yes. There's there's lots of potential because the, I mean. Which is, it's something why I like an episode like this, or just the show in general, is that regardless of how strong it is story-wise, the world building is always really good. And it leaves you thinking, hey, I would like to know more about how this person got to this situation. So the group takes a rest, uh, and that's when a pack of wild dogs show up. And it's very tense for a moment until Sasha shoots them all, and they eat them. And this is what causes Father Gabriel to lose enough of his faith to throw his priest collar in the fire. Nothing that came before that. It was eating dogs. Where do you think these dogs came from? You think Aaron released them? See what they do? <laughs> Why would you do that, Aaron? Uh, you know, I think dogs are pack animals. You know, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised that post-domestication they might return to that. It just, And I don't know if it's just the way it was filmed. It just seemed like really, because yeah, there's a lot of convenience to say the least in this episode. I think there's, it's just like the way it just happened was very odd to me, just strangely filmed of the things that I saw in this episode. That was one where it's like, where did these dogs come from? (laughs) That's such a weird development. I mean, big picture, and it bothers me to even say this, but, you know, you did, like you said, a lot of things just kind of happened in this episode, and it felt like... It felt like this was a, hey, you're starving, here's some food from the universe, you know? I think we Which is really dumb as far as I'm concerned, but... It is, yes. That's what it felt like. I'll be okay with it if, like, in future episodes, we suddenly find out that there was a reason for those dogs being in that area. But, yeah, it was a little just too convenient and shoehorned in there. On top of that, too, is there's no other animals around. Something has, you know, it looked like some kind of a plague or something was killing off animals. Well, it was a drop. There's no water. That's part of it, too, Rich, actually. You're getting to it where it's like, what... Where did these dogs come from? <laughs> like everything, I, yeah. it just it seemed it seemed more like the I can understand the water thing, and I I I like the kind of the undercurrent of a divine intervention or whatever you want to call it in terms of how things develop in this episode, and I can see how the dogs factor into that as well, and but it's just that one seemed like the most strangely placed in here between the the other things that do take place later in this episode, which are also give strange yes to say the least in terms of like giant storms that happened and water appearing and stuff like that but it's just like something it's like about just the i guess just the way it was filmed because i haven't really thought about it until discussing it just now that just it stands out more to me as awkward as opposed to the other things which fit thematically with what the episode's trying to do well the awkward part too is that so many of them seem squeamish about eating dog meat and i'm thinking you guys have seen your friends and family die in the most horrific ways in front of you. You've been in a place where you were almost dinner. Just the effed up things that they've gone through. Eating dog is it should not be something that's so you know terrible to them. You could you could see it in a lot of their facial you know reaction when they were eating the meat. You know, I mean, I'll tell you, I've had dog before, not willingly. I found out after the fact. Um, just 
There's these aren't places. steak burgers. Well, there's just certain places in Mexico you need to double check what they're butchering before you eat. But anyway, it's just dog. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love dogs as a yeah. pet, but you know, it's it's just a smaller cow. Write in your thoughts on dog meat over at wdtvpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> I mean, if I'm starving to death and I have a dog come along, I'm it it it, it it's it's roast puppy. You know, Rex is going in the fire. That's all there is to it. You know, I'm going to, you know, make a good little gravy out of them and, you know, have some Salisbury, you know, Fido. So we're speaking on this now a little bit much. So now I have to say <laughs> something. I, I just I didn't I honestly didn't see too much of a regret of having to eat the dogs. It was more, I just felt more of like a, well, this is a shitty day kind of thing as opposed to. <laughs> well, well maybe that's that what eating. it was. I just that, took it as they were not happy about eating dog. So uh, Carol tries to comfort a little bit Daryl because, you know, he's still grieving about uh, Beth, but he's not really interested in uh, in the comfort. And so he goes off in the woods and throughout the episode, he's going off into the woods by himself, eating worms and stuff, stuff like that. But this time we follow him off into the woods and we see him sit down uh, kind of by, by a tree and smoke some of his morally cigarettes and then uh, self-flagellate and burn himself with one of the cigarettes with a barn off in the distance, which I thought it was a little weird he wasn't going to investigate it, but at least it comes back later. Yeah, it is where we get, I guess, I mean, this would be the emo scene of choice, I'd say, for Norman Reedus. I mean, he's literally burning himself to, <laughs> to, to feel something. And, uh, I mean, it, it's it's neat to when, when the show decides to, like, make Daryl emotional because there's a very, there, you know, there's obviously an audience that wants to see Daryl and, you know, wants to see him be, you know, all you know all he can be and everything like that and it's a, it's a, it's neat to watch the kind of balancing act it does to show that he is you know he's he's the guy you want to be rooting for he's your hero for so many fans but at the same time you need to show him emoting and norman reedus he's very good on the show i mean that's something that's always stuck for me i mean he's 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 doing a great job here but he also you know given the situation he's in where now he's lost you know one of the few people he has a connection with still which i mean being a very troubled individual as he is, who's lost his brother, who was abusive to him, but still loved, and now he's lost Beth, who, you know, he obviously has a deep connection with. I mean, just thank God Carol hasn't died yet. He'd probably off himself at this point. And don't forget yeah. Sophia. And so, yeah, Sophia. I mean, he's he's lost a lot here. Like, and as opposed to many other other characters that you know speak it out loud in very functional dialogue that doesn't really add much beyond what we already knew, but are now hearing in word form. Norman Reedus has given a good job of you know not having to say much, but doing plenty on screen even if it's very obvious like burning yourself which i appreciate so daryl comes back to the group and uh, finds them standing around a group of water bottles we got some gallon jugs we got some like liter bottles and uh, there's a note that says they're from a friend and they're not sure exactly what to do they could be poisoned it could be some kind of weird trap um, and eugene decides to throw himself on the grenade and he grabs one of the bottles and says uh, quality control and is about to drink it but abe slaps it out of his hand he said quality assurance because I got that question wrong on Talking Dead. Uh, what did I say? Quality control? Yeah. I, 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 thought that I only have that in my head too. because of what the, the other options on the quiz were. I, was, I, I knew the right answer. but I was confused when this scene first started because I think didn't they come back from commercial or something right then? Or there was yeah, the I, I think cut. it comes back to commercial with the group, and then Daryl shows up. Because yeah. all yes. I, maybe I missed it in the very beginning of the scene, but I didn't see the water, and when he's showing that note, I'm like... Did my DVR cut something off, or what? What's going on? And then it comes back around, and you see the water. I'm like, oh, okay. But did they show that in the beginning? Because I was really confused. What is this note he's showing him? You know, I, I believe we got the note first. I, I honestly didn't watch this one as much as I 
normally do because I just I, <laughs> I, had, I had things going on, but I got the. There wasn't a lot to miss with this episode. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I was watch. like, I'm just gonna write this, and I, I I know what I got. But something about this about this scene though of Eugene and um, Abraham, I like. There's I think there's multiple ways to read this too, not necessarily all true i think there's ways to read it because i do think there's there's one where abraham he might be you know angry and stubborn enough to be you know hostile towards eugene but he's also not going to let him die because he cares about another person but at the same time there could be this whole like hey we're we're all suffering you're not going out so you're sticking around with us kind of mentality too to the idea he's also been drinking it's it's probably important which is why i think there's multiple ways to read it because you don't know what kind of friend of mine he is and necessarily which they kept trumpeting the whole, oh, it's dehydrating, it's dehydrating. It's not dehydrating. It's not as hydrating as water, but there's still water in there. It's better for you than nothing to drink alcohol if you are, you know, well, I think if was, you are literally dying of thirst. I don't think they emphasize the dehydration as much as the, it's going to make They mentioned him. it like three times. I, I think it was more of a the frame of mind he might be in because he's drinking. It, it's the bad science that bothers me more than anything else. It's like that whole, we only use 10% of our brains thing. Alcohol will dry you out quickly, though. It does, it's, yeah. No, it's I, still there's still water in there. It's better than right, but you're gonna burn that water out with the alcohol. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, there's a reason you see those old '50s TV shows with the town drunk Otis walking down the street. How dry I am. There's a reason they're dry. It's because you're getting your science from Mayberry. Damn right. <laughs> Damn right. So right at the moment that Abraham knocks the bottle of water out of uh, Eugene's hands, the skies open up and rain begins to pour. The group rejoices. They start catching water in their mouth, trying to grab as much water as they can. And, uh, of course, Gabriel takes this moment to take this as a sign from God and apologize for burning his collar earlier. And just, you know, in general. And this is um, a divine intervention moment, just like the dogs. Or weather. But for some reason, this one worked for me, whereas the dogs felt shoehorned in. I agree. Is that because Rick had said earlier it'll rain eventually? Do you think? Is it just that enough amount of foreshadowing? No, I no. no. Just it, it. Just I bought it more than I did just this random pack of dogs showing up in the middle of where it, there's not even squirrels right now. I feel like the just the the tone of the show, the way the series has conducted itself, it somehow, despite all the odds and weird allowances you're going to have to go for when it comes to something like this it worked for me whereas again i just feel like there's something something about just the way it was filmed i guess the only way that i explain it where the dogs just didn't work for me in terms of like a random but fitting thing to occur where the rain thing given the nature of this episode and how it was clearly trying to go for symbolism in a lot of ways and it it just kind of it just matched up in this instance so the group takes shelter in that barn that daryl had seen when he was uh, self-flagellating and inside, they try mostly unsuccessfully to get a fire going because everything's soaking wet. And uh, Rick tells the group the story of his grandfather who fought in World War II and only survived by convincing himself that he was already a dead man and that every day he woke up, it was basically, you know, a, a gift, that kind of thing. I said in my show notes that I'd love to listen to a whole podcast of Rick telling grandfather's award stories. <laughs> I, actually, I probably would too, actually. That was pretty good. I actually really enjoyed this this scene. The only thing I didn't enjoy was him, you know, using the title of the show, but the actual storytelling and, and the point he was getting across and the way just everything, the way that whole thing was shot. That's probably my favorite scene of this whole episode or really the only scene that I just really enjoyed. Yeah. I thought it was a good speech. I, I agree with you that the tacking on, cause even like during the speech, I was like, Oh, this is a good speech. 
it feels like they're leading towards We Are the Walking Dead way later than it happened in the book, which is the, the, the timing doesn't bother me. And then the delivery of the line, I was kind of 50-50 on. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And I thought that the rest of the speech was very good. So, yes, like at the end of the speech, he says, We Are the Walking Dead. And Daryl calls him out on it. And then Rick kind of steps back from it. And then Daryl decides to go sulk over in the corner and uh, maybe go out and do something outside. And when he goes to the door, he sees that uh, in the midst of the torrential downpour, that there's a whole horde of zombies coming for the barn. And so he starts holding the door and I forget who sees him first might've been Maggie, but she runs over and helps. Eventually pretty much everybody is over there helping. It's the main crew. It's Maggie and Sasha that see it first before everybody else joins in. Cause they're the ones that, you know, were watching the most in this episode. And the winds can kick up the, you know, the thunder and lightning. There's bright blue lights. It definitely felt like they got, Close Encounters in My Walking Dead, and it's crazy, and then Carl leaves uh, Judith over on her back by herself as he goes to help as well, and then we cut to morning, and I was like, wait, was that all just a weird dream, or what just happened here exactly? And then we don't find out for another five minutes, which was really weird. It was extremely weird, and on top of that, can... Can Daryl or none of them, are their voice, did they go hoarse? I mean, why didn't Daryl say, hey, help? Or at least when Maggie and Sasha got over there, one of them going, hey, to the other ones, just waiting for them to randomly look up and go, oh, the The only thing I could guess based on that was that the zombies had not really seen him. They were just a bunch of them out there. And in the rain, it's not like they're going to smell them. So maybe they didn't want to alert them with, you know, noise the, so it was... i think the noise of the storm was more than enough to drown out whatever voice that, that's a good point uh, th- 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 there's things to get back to on this i mean one i really liked the reveal of that horde i thought that was a really good like kind of scare moment for the episode i thought it did that a really good cool. job of, that was i thought that was really well filmed and just communicating that just by like the doors kind of perch open and you just see you know there's a ton of them out there in regards to the way the scene was kind of filmed and like why everyone's not yelling. Cause I was also like, why aren't they? Like, I, I, it was this kind of lingers like everyone's, it's not like everyone's asleep. They're like all sitting around the campfire, still very wide awake. So it's like, why is this not more of a thing? But what it comes down to for me and for what this episode's doing is again, it's just, it's a very symbolism heavy episode. It's one that's very much emphasizing as much as that. I don't like the, a lot of the dialogue of this episode in terms of kind of how it's shot. It really wants to drive home the, the notion of things happening for certain reasons and that kind of stuff. And this like really wants to emphasize like we're part of this pack, this family, this team, and one by one, everyone joins in and they work together to solve this problem. So it goes beyond having dialogue communicating that just wants to show you it. Like it's, it's not as arty as last week, but I do think it's trying to kind of be very, uh, very symbolic in terms of how it goes about achieving what it wants to do thematically. That's that. That's how I read it, which is, I mean, that's that leads into why the cabin is still standing the next day as well. And it's like, look at all, you know, look at what we did together as a team of alive humans working together while this pack of zombies could get demolished by a bunch of rainwater outside. So it's morning. Everybody, as far as we can see, is just fine. Daryl is kind of keeping watch inside. And Maggie wakes up and she goes over and talks to him. And uh, he tells her he fixed her uh, little uh, music box with the ballerina. And she tells him to go get some sleep. And she goes and wakes up Sasha. And the two of them go outside. Eventually, again, it takes several minutes to reveal, like, what happened. I mean, uh, theoretically, the characters all know. But they go out to actually see the damage. And they go outside. And we it's revealed to us that in the night, the smoke monster from Lost came and killed all the zombies. 
And by that, I mean a tornado or gale force winds or something ripped up a bunch of trees and basically just destroyed everything surrounding the barn except for the barn. I do agree that it was a little confused or not confused, but a little I think it was deliberately misleading as to whether protracted. Or not it, yeah, protracted and a little bit deliberately misleading about whether or not it was a dream in the way it kind of reveals like Maggie, I believe is the first face you see. And then it kind of pans out the, the second like I saw everybody on the ground sleeping I'm like, OK, this happened. But yeah, there was like, a, a bit of like, did, was did, was that real? Did that happen? But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I felt kind of I just I wasn't sure. Was there a bad edit job there? Did they try to come up with a happy accident with misleading or was it on purpose and living in tornado alley i'll tell you that as close as that i I don't know i just didn't buy the whole thing plus all these trees from this tornado just impaled all these zombies just right you know i i don't know it just seemed a little bit you know in a show about the zombie apocalypse it even felt a bit far-fetched I can I can say this because and I think I've been saying this all along in terms of my interpretation of the episode, but it this is an episode that is not really about functioning in a re- and yes I understand it's a zombie show so it obviously it's not the real world but it's not an episode that's like functioning in terms of real world logic it's trying it's very much hitting you with what everything means visually speaking without considering you know how things are happening but just that they are happening and it wants you to take it wants you to take it that way yeah i do do think it is trying to be more you know it's focused on grief it's focused on kind of the spirituality given you know the use of having you know the um what's the name seth gillian around i mean it, it it really wants to dive into the i guess the 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 theological realm when it comes to The Walking Dead and where everyone's mind's at in that regard. Not that it's, like, preaching anything, but at the same time, it it's beyond just, like, this is what you could have done in a real-world scenario. It just wants to say, like, yeah, it's a grounded show to an extent, but here's this week, like, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I I totally get where you're coming from, and, and I see it exactly what you're saying is that's what their intent was i just felt it was poorly executed yeah if you didn't like it you didn't like it and i'm not saying it's a great episode either I, I i get that i understand because they're they're like like i said earlier is there are moments in this that it's like wow that was a fantastic scene too bad it's in this waste of an episode you know it just i just i i think what it was is there were a lot of good scenes and just peppered in with a lot of bad scenes and none of it had very good connective tissue to me Although, on a meta level, I could see where they were trying to connect that tissue, and so I understand what they were trying to accomplish. I just feel they did a poor job of it. So, Sasha, Maggie, and the music box head out to side and, you know, to survey the damage, but also to uh, watch the sun come up. And uh, Wait, Maggie wait, wait, tr- wait. Sasha and Maggie are playing at the music box this Friday? Is that what you said? <laughs> not exactly, okay. but sure, why not? Um, and they, they sit down, and uh, Maggie tries to get the music box working, and uh, it doesn't. And, and at that moment, they're approached by a main man named Aaron, who identifies himself as the friend that left the water bottles earlier, and wishes to speak to their leader. He says, I think his name is Rick. And uh, Maggie and Sasha are surprised, distressed, and a little freaked out that he even knows Rick's name, and that Rick is their leader. And then the music box starts to play, and the episode ends. So the question is, Aaron, are you a friend or a foe? Maybe a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but you know, the one thing's for sure, stranger danger, right? <laughs> do, I, I I mean, I have a pretty good idea, I'm sure you do as well, but do, do we want, 
Do we want to get into that now or at the end when we do? No, we won't get into that now. We'll just say that. Yeah, let's let's save the discussion for the end, except to say that Aaron is a character from the books that we're all familiar with. And uh, I will say that regardless of whether he is friend or foe, uh, it's a character that uh, I'm a fan of. I I enjoy the stories this character is involved in, at least in the books, uh, assuming that this follows the same path. And I also really like the stories that this character appearance that the stories that this character's appearance will help usher the show into some really interesting stuff is coming assuming they follow the same path and i'd be surprised if they didn't follow the same path honestly right uh, especially given kind of what we've seen in the past from other similar encounters i guess you can only take it so many ways before something starts to get repetitive so <laughs> either he's going to kill them horribly or he's not we'll, we'll find out so gentlemen shall we give our buster ratings for the episode sure Sure. Aaron, go ahead. Um, I'll give it a 3.5 uh, bust. I was going to say Aaron's busters. Out of five. <laughs> um, I, I do like, yeah, I, I, I acknowledge what Rich is saying in terms of kind of what didn't work for him in this episode. At the same time, I do like this episode overall because it has enough going on from the actors and from, you know, the way it's filmed and whatnot to make it work for me. I didn't think it was a top tier episode of The Walking Dead. And I did find it repetitive in terms of getting across the same ideas of someone died again. Now we got to deal with how we're going to live the rest of our lives. But this is that kind of show. And while it wasn't necessarily the most creative script wise of how to deal with that, I'm at least glad that it happened. I got to see some good performances from the tr- the, the main trio we watched, uh, Daryl, Sasha and Maggie. And now we're past that. We've we've ended that kind of arc and now we're into another arc. So 3.5, I guess. Again, it's hard for me to badmouth any bit of walk, you know, a whole episode of Walking Dead because I really love this show. But this is probably the first time that I've come close to really just, again, totally get where they were going. Aaron's points make perfect sense. I just feel that they didn't get there for me. And all in all, I I, I have to give it a, a just a middle of the road three. So. I, I, I just, and to me, that's kind of, for me, giving it a little more than I should have, because I just, I mean, for me to fall asleep during an episode of The Walking Dead, that's not cool. <laughs> As for me, I get what they were trying to do, and unlike Rich, I actually think they accomplished what they were trying to do with the, you know, divine intervention and the grief and all that kind of stuff. I just didn't care slash disliked it. Um, there were definitely pretty cool moments in the in the episode i really liked the strategy of you know saving the calories and, and letting the zombies fall to their death instead of actually you know fighting them i liked rich's speech up until the end i'm really excited to see aaron there at the end but as an episode as a whole it just really didn't work for me even with those you know three or four th- cool things peppered in like the, the light and laser show um with the with the alien abductions there in the middle like that mm-hmm. some cool stuff but just as a whole, it didn't work for me. So I'm actually going with both of you. I'm going 2.5 um, because the vast majority of the episode did literally nothing for me or actively I disliked it, but there were some really cool things peppered in, so it's going to bring it back to an even keel 2.5. You need to listen to the old episodes where you guys rated them a little bit higher back then in season two and compare that to the 2.5 here if you're saying that this isn't the worst episode of The Walking Dead, but you're giving this a 2.5. 
I'd like to think, at least as a reviewer, that I'm rating the show not based on all television, but I'm ra- I'm rating the show based on what I know the show can do, and what the show what I know the show can do now in season five is a lot different than what the show had shown me it could do in seasons one or two or three, uh, and so my my grading scale is going to reflect that, even if an episode I might have given a higher score in season two, I would say now is not as good as an episode in this season. You know, you know what I mean? Does that make if sense? If you hear that, listeners, that was me goading Jordan into giving a very perfect response to my, my, my question there. <laughs> well, I, thank you. I should say, I should say, I forgot, completely forgot to point this out, but um, the reason I wasn't a huge fan on Rick saying we're the walking dead, uh, the way that kind of came out here, especially since it wasn't really as epic as the comic makes that speech seem, is because the, the the shot of like the whole group walking down the street with the other walkers kind of trailing behind them, that's a per that that says we're the Walking Dead right there. So I don't need a character to say the words "we're the Walking Dead" when you have an amazing shot of them doing just that. Amen. Well, before we get into what our listeners thought of the episode, Rich, why don't you tell those same listeners about our sponsor? Well, this episode of the Walking Dead TV podcast is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service (DCBS) service.com or or just dcb service yeah (laughs) yeah you know hey great place to go you're gonna buy comics anyway more than likely if you're listening to this podcast you're a comic buyer and a comic reader and if you're not you need to be a comic buyer and a comic reader but why spend so much money going down to an lcs to get your comics when you can have them delivered to your doorstep for those not in the know, an LCS is a local comic book shop. Write to you for sometimes 30, 40, even in some cases 50% off the cover price. You get to order stuff a couple months in advance. It's like getting a surprise Christmas present from your grandma. You know, it's, it, it, it's, you, you come Except home, not socks, usually. You come home and there's this box and you, you forget it's a gift you sent to yourself because you ordered it three months ago but you get such great stuff everything from comics to figures to toy other toys um statues uh if it's comic book related you can get it there and generally at a very very well discounted price uh which all that means is if you have a 40 dollar a week comic book budget now you can get you know $80 approximately worth of comics for your same budget. Which is awesome. And also check out their sister site, In Stock Trades, to get like trade paperbacks and hardcovers, the collected editions of comics at uh, equally great prices as uh, DCBService.com. Yes. And we thank them for their patronage. So, Aaron, what did our listeners think of this week's episode of The Walking Dead? Well, Jordan, our listeners over at Facebook.com slash groups slash WTV podcast. I mean, that's, you can find the Walking Dead TV podcast on Facebook search and you can find you can join that. Um, and we had our listeners, of course, throw right in their own buster or whatever ratings for this week's episode. Uh, Susan Monk writes 4.25 doggy dinners out of five as a smug comic book reader. Let me say, let me also say that I'm thrilled to see Aaron. He must've been the friend who left the water. Uh, Sheila says 4.0 bottles of water. Pamela says four, a little slow at times, but I like seeing where everyone in the group is in the group is at mentally and emotionally. Also, I'm really happy they finally introduced Aaron. It makes me really excited to see the rest of the season and where I know they will be going based on the comics. I'm assuming that's the storyline. Uh, Jeff Rhodes, much better. Four out of five on the 
Fiji scale. Uh, great info on the morale of the group. Looks like Abraham has forgiven Eugene. I would have let him be the guinea pig on that water. Just enough teaser for next week. Brent Jones says 3.75 worm. The other, the other, other white meat out of five. Uh, we needed a slow episode to set the table for the rest of the year. Shalem uh, says, four wet t-shirts out of five. I thought Sasha cut Abraham's arm with the zombie brain's infected knife. That would suck. Uh, friend guy seems like a Ben Linus lost character. Uh, Mike Jones, two bottle episodes out of five. Aside from the last minute leading us into next week, this was a snooze. Did they not gather supplies before leaving the housing project? Did a tornado kill the walkers but not harm the barn? Next week preview looked good, at least. Two things on that. One, not a bottle episode in the least. In fact, n- neither was last week's episode. Bottle episode has a very specific definition. That's not it. And also, no, we saw them run in terror from the zombies that were attacking them at the housing development last week. So no, they didn't get any supplies there. <laughs> he was making a pun with the bottle thing, but I get it. I, I guess. <laughs> uh, Craig, three plotless episodes out of five. It would have been a 2.5 if it wasn't for Rick's speech. Instead of endlessly walking the train tracks from last year, we are now endlessly walking the road. Come on, Mr. Gimple. I know you're all about developing the characters, but the characters have to be doing something interesting besides acting all pouty-faced. Oh, and did I mention how much I missed the governor after seeing him last week? They could have done so much more with him. Trisha says, three sitting around the gold campfires out of five. I guess we need to know about their feelies, but I was it was so slow that I spent the time wondering if Rick's beard was fake and where what were all those thin straps on maggie's back hope next week's episode holds my attention a little better snore the rick's beard thing by the way i kept when the when the rain hit guys i thought like i i would thought it'd be hilarious if like rick's beard just suddenly washed off from the rain it's like oh thank god um anyway is it a fake beard i thought he grew the beard for this season i'm sure he did he's mad like that and at least some of it i think it is fake because in in recent photos from him even of like six months ago he is clean shaven and just no spoilers, but story-wise, they're heading to a story where it would might make sense for him to have a chance to shave the beard. So I have a feeling that some of these might have been shot a little bit out of order. Um, yeah. I didn't think it looked fake all the time, but there were a couple shots where I was like, pretty sure that's not real. I, I think Andrew Lincoln is a good enough actor where he can just like close his eyes and think really hard, and then a beard just appears on his face. I think he's like, exactly. the Swanson technique. Exactly. The Swanson technique, exactly. Uh, Everard Santa Maria has 3.5 zombie crushing but barn sparing acts of God out of five. Another bleak episode after last week's bleak house. Really disappointed Rick's walking deadline was tossed off like that. I remember it being a seminal moment in the comic. Chris, I give it three Daryl Dixon tears. Only the tears of Daryl Dixon can create hurricane force rain and winds. <laughs> Max says 3.5... <laughs> 3.5 war stories ahead of five. It was a fine episode, just nothing to write home about. Hezron says, 2.75 real men do not do cry out of five. I dozed off a few times. The episode dragged. The uh, dialogue was kind of dry. I get what they're trying to convey, but sometimes it's clumsy. I agree. Roger says, three whole lot of nothings. I understand I need to convey the mood of the crew as they struggle to find food, water, shelter, but this episode was a struggle to get through. Maybe my negativity was because I watched it a couple hours later than I normally do, but then again, I wasn't a big fan of last week's episode either. Uh, Belinda gave last week a one. I gave, have to give this. I have to give last night's a two point five. Kidnap blondes out of five. I need some closure. I need. I needed some of the closure from Maggie at least. It was unreal the way they all just woke up after the tornado. I don't read the comics, so the clean guy is a surprise to me. Ian writes the last thirty seconds took it from a two to a three point five out of five. Walking dogs. Glad the group has met a new pedigree chum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Robert writes, 2.5 days a machinas, or is it treeinas? See, lastly, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington. I'll give this week's episode three Dobermans and a Jack Russell BBQ, i.e. 3.5 Busters. 
Uh, seemed another slow start, but again ramped up towards the end with the walkers outside the barn of the storm scene. Nice to see Daryl showing he has a softer size. And who was the guy that appeared at the end? Can't wait for next week. So that's all the uh, Facebook listeners that decided to chime in this week on their thoughts on this week's episode. You can, of course, follow our uh, Facebook page here, the Walking Dead TV podcast. Just search it on Facebook. You can find it. We have lots of fun on this page. I post my written reviews each week on this page as well, and a lot of people chime in with various you know, thoughts and pictures and whatnot about the, se- the series. It's a lot of fun to interact with on the crowd there. And where can they find your written reviews other than the, uh, the Facebook page there, Aaron? Uh, my written reviews are available at theyoungfolks.com. Um, I write about The Walking Dead there, as well as a couple other TV shows. And they're always fun reads. Thank you. Those Facebook comics, comments got me thinking. What if Norman Reedus's tears are the only thing that can uh, cure the zombie apocalypse, the zombie v- uh, virus, and they just didn't realize it, and they wasted the one time he cries? He's cried before that on the show. Well, he cried when Merle died, but, you know. And he cried when Beth died, when he was carrying her body. And he probably cries a lot when Carol's around, regardless. It seems like he tears up any time she's on screen with him. Man, Daryl the Woods. (laughs) I know. All they gotta do is find some onions. What if uh, Beth's singing was actually the key to the whole survival, and now she's dead and we'll never get to do that? (laughs) Mm, Could be. I didn't see anybody die when she was singing with her guitar. That's true. We need to give Carl something to do. That was my other thought on this, because, uh... I like. I've grown to like Carl quite a bit, and he's got nothing to work with so far besides hold the baby. So, well, to... it it's going where we think it's going. Then he's he'll have stuff have to do. A... Yes, I understand. He'll have a lot, have of, stuff a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> and I, I, I only would. So keep an eye out for that. Hey, I don't. Yes, I'd like to think that Carl has <laughs> things that are coming to him just be just based on kind of the way we've dealt with certain characters. Now we have to deal with others to kind of make up the time or however you want to structure a season. But True. So that's it for this week's episode. Of course, we'll get to our talk about next week's episode after the end here. But if you don't want to uh, be spoiled about that, just listen to the outro notes here and then we will uh, let you know before we get into them. You can leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. That's 972-798-3830. Or leave us an email, wdtv at hhwlod.com. And of course, Check out hhwlod.com for all of our great shows, not just the Walking Dead TV podcast, but the Long Box of Doom, Half Hour Wasted, The Black Box, out now with Aaron and Abe. Aaron, what are you and Abe talking about this week? This week we are talking, we have a double We have a double going here. We have Kingsman, The Secret Service, and Fifty Shades of Grey. So we have a double review this week. Not to spoil it, but just, uh, is is it a good review for Kingsman? It Yes, it is. Okay, because I haven't seen it yet, and I really want to, and I'd hate to think that it's bad. Just so. go see it. <laughs> Which movie had more shades of gray? Gee, uh, Kingsman, actually. <laughs> a lot of suits. Very, a lot very of suits. yeah, a lot of nice suits and very morally questionable at some points. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and of course, Nick Apod Crankcast, Jersey Shore has a new episode that should be posting right around the same time this one does. And many, many other shows. DC TV podcast is all connected to Marvel Universe podcast. And of course, you can follow all of our shows at HHWLOD underscore network on Twitter. And so until there's no more room in hell in the dead, walk the earth. Remember, I'm a friend. Have a good week, everybody. And next week on The Walking Dead, of course, remember, if you don't want to know anything about next week's episode, you can cut out now. But for those of you who do want to stick around to know just a little bit, we have from TVGuide.com. Next episode, Season 5, Episode 11, is entitled The Distance. And the very, very brief and non-spoilery snippet we have from TV Guide is, After a spectacular storm, Rick and the group meet a seemingly friendly person. So literally stuff you would already know if you had just watched the last five minutes of this episode. So now let's have a, a slight 
you know, slightly spoilery, but we're, we'll try to keep it in pretty close discussion about the character of Aaron from the comics, who was, of course, introduced in this week's episode. So if you don't want to know anything about him and you just want to have it all revealed next week or however much they reveal, definitely cut out now. But uh, if you don't mind hearing a little bit about Aaron, uh, stick around. So I believe you had a question about Aaron, uh, Rich. Well, I say I'm trying to remember in the books, wasn't there someone else with him when they discovered? When he showed up in the comics, he was by himself, or at least he revealed himself by himself. Um, in fact, the scene we see from next week's episode in The Talking Dead was Rick and the group asking him how many people are with you. Right. And he pretty much tells him, it doesn't matter what I tell you because you're not going to believe me. Yep. But it's pretty clear, you know, he doesn't seem stupid. He seems well dressed, and only and a very smart, well dressed person in that universe probably wouldn't be just walking around by himself. So I think it's a pretty safe assumption to say there are people with him, even if they're not revealing themselves. It's funny. Someone over at TV Guide had written a comment about how this is proof that at least during the zombie apocalypse, the Lands End catalog still delivers. <laughs> <laughs> but so he's from. Well, do we, I don't know how far we want to go into it. Not too far. This is the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Yeah, he, he, he's definitely part of another group. Yeah. You know, and is that a good group? Is that a bad group? I don't think we should say. But uh, he's certainly trying to say he's part of a good group, or at least he, that he's a friend, you know, from this episode. Right. I don't know. There's just so much I want to talk about, but we can't, because... Be... <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, we will. Exactly. Yeah, we will. Well, have a good week, everybody. Let the rain fall down and wake my dreams Let it wash away my sanity Cause I wanna feel the thunder, I wanna scream Let the rain fall down, I'm coming clean Record. I am recording now. I'm recording too Testicles one, two, three Testicles one, two, three You should probably see a doctor if you got three of them I lost my train of thought. Choo-choo. Derailed. Go ahead. Well, before we get into what our listeners thought of this episode, um, Rich, what... Rich, why don't you tell those... Well, before we get into what our listeners thought of the episode, Rich, why don't you tell those same listeners what about about our sponsor? Worst sentence ever. (laughs) You you want to try that again? No, I've got enough there that I can cut it into the right thing. Um, I, I'm just, there's going to just going to be a lot of sections of that cut out. That's all. Good Lord.